We're on Hollywood Boulevard. We are. And a happy new year to all of you Boulevardies. Um, so just a bit of housekeeping. You last heard from us towards the end of 2021. We were hoping to get a little bit more in before the end of the year and back again last week. Um, but then COVID hit. So poor Karen and her family were taken down. I mean, she's still around. She's right here. She's alive. Happy ending. But um, we were focusing on health at the very end of 2021. Um, so Karen, I'm glad you're back um, and, and feeling mostly back to good. Um, but now is the first time that we could really return to the boulevard. So. Yeah. So happy new year, and we hope you all are surviving and starting 22 off as well as you can. Um, we're here to guide you a little bit when it comes to some things culture. Oh, yeah. So where should we begin? Well, I'm actually really excited to talk about something. So Okay, you got, go ahead. What do me, you want to talk about? Let me be selfish and begin. Okay. Um, this was a show I have wanted to talk about uh, for a couple weeks now, and I think the fact that I waited is... Uh, for the best because it seems to have hit a fever pitch which is people who are talking about a show that I'm so excited about Yellow Jackets okay I have seen people talking about it online I have not read a thing about it tell me tell me tell me I'm gonna try and not say much although I feel like I kind of knew a lot about the show in advance I also feel like I kind of didn't know anything about it so this is what it's about. It's set in two time periods, 1996 and 2021. We start in 96 in New Jersey. There is a girls high school soccer team and they get into a terrible plane crash in that that lands them like strands the survivors in like the Canadian mountains. We like so far away from being discovered or finding help or food. Or anything, and we and then we see some of the survivors. We know of at least four characters that make it out of that disaster in 1996 and are still alive in 2021. Um, and we each episode is told pretty much half in the past, half in the present. Um, and there's a ton happening because what we see in the very beginning of the pilot episode is that one of the survivors one of the teenage girls um is running in the middle of the dead of winter for her life um and ultimately like falls to her death uh and it looks like is eaten is cannibalized as part of a tribal ritualistic ceremony by the rest of the survivors who were stranded for 19 months before they were discovered. Hmm. And in the present, so that's, that's dark. That's grisly. That's kind of what I knew about the show in the, at the outset. Right. And we see a couple of these characters in, in modern day in adult form. And they're just about my age. So like 42 years old. Um, And they're played by Melanie Linsky and Christina Ricci and Juliette Lewis, like these great alt kind of actresses from the nineties. And there's as much chaos going on in the modern period as there is going on in the stuff we keep flashing back to and learning more about. We have 
we with we learn about their lives there is drug addiction there is blackmail there is potential infidelity one character is a lesbian who's running for political office and who's dealing with potential scandal um there is a kidnapping involved like there is a ton of stuff going on and the big question seems to be what exactly did these surviving girls do before they were ultimately discovered and rescued and that's a question that is teased out that's still not answered it's clear they have secrets it's clear they have secrets in their present as much as they do in their past um it's it raises a lot of question marks but there also seem to be supernatural elements to what's going on in their lives um it's a really exciting show that i think it kind of raises comparison to Lost um, yeah. because we have back and forth, we have flashbacking, we have potential like supernatural elements and a mythology and, and all of these things. And there's a lot of humor to it. There's a lot that's funny. There's a lot that's actually melodramatic that's going on. What excites me most about the show and that they may do to a fault is how overplotted it is. Because this is a show that knows it's a TV show that hasn't just given you a bare minimum for a season. And then, I don't know, we'll figure it out if we get renewed and then reinvent and and whatever or retcon. Um, I feel like they have hidden away enough plot and character discovery for several seasons to come, which is awesome. Because I don't know of another show that's not Succession that has that much of a sense of where it can go. I don't know. I have a feeling that that a lot of series are like that now. Like that there is, you know, so funny that we're talking about Melrose Place just off the rails because they don't know. They 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 really they <laughs> talk about winging it with that show, right? Like they really did, um, and they had to retcon a lot and pivot a lot, and the, you know the pivots made no sense. But I feel like now, especially with streaming, like I do feel like there's a little bit more of the creators and the writers know know the storyline sort of like far reaching into the future maybe not as tight as some shows like succession but i feel like that like i kind of feel like that a little bit more with streaming i don't know i mean most of what i see i feel like they barely get enough to fill a five hour or six hour eight hour season and then they come back and they're like "Mm, we may have thought this would work but we're pivoting here i I get a sense that Yellow Jackets has more, has, I won't even say overshot, but has oversaturated its possibilities. This is well, a show that I hope gets renewed for several seasons because it reminds me almost of Twin Peaks, ooh. although that suffered from, from some network interference and egotism on the part of, of, of its two creators. But, um, like, this is a show that could ultimately turn out to be a rough experiment. But until we get there, it's full of possibility. Like well, it's insane okay. how much they pack into an episode. Here's a question for you: Did you did you watch The Wilds on Amazon? No, because this has echoes of that. So it was a show that I watched last year. Um, I think it was like last Christmas time ish. It was really good, and it was a group of teenage girls. They're not on a sports team. They're actually all strangers. Um, get into are on a plane together 
and uh, the plane goes down because they were like mm-hmm. going to some camp or something like that. The plane goes down, they're stranded on an island and they have to like survive. Um, and it does have that flashback and forth to like present day. And in the present day, they're in this, I don't know, this this facility where they're getting debriefed about what happened. And you keep going back and forth. And then you finally, you know, at the end of the season, there is this realization that um, the plane crash was staged that they brought the plane down on purpose. It was some big psychological experiment on these girls to see what would happen with them. And so as we're moving, I don't know if season two is coming, but that I guess is going to be sort of, you know, that was the big reveal. It, it did get uh, renewed, right? One. It is coming back. I, I think, I don't know. I hope so. We, I really enjoyed it. Um, but there it is, is, I mean, there are big similarities. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. There are a lot of echoes of that, which I was like, Oh, that sounds familiar. And then I was like, Oh, okay. Um, so, so not exactly the same, but definitely echoes. Yeah, no, there are a lot of similarities. Yeah. Which is cool. I, I like definitely want to watch it. I mean, cause you know, gosh, Juliet, let's say Juliet Lewis and I'm there. I yeah. I know. I've there. thought a few times as we've watched it, that this is a show Karen would like, so I recommend it. It's on Showtime. Mm-hmm. Um, in case I don't think I said that. Um, I, yeah, I, I just love it. It's the one show post succession i've probably been the most excited about um really and i admit that it's not perfect that i scratch my head sometimes but it's also like i trust that they have uh, an overarching vision of where they where they think it can go and i'm i'm here for the ride <laughs> even if i don't like the end even if i don't like where it goes i am loving this ride all right, cool. And the performances, including um, the younger actors who portray the teens, um, there are a couple male characters as well who uh, have crashed on the plane. I mean, it's a fantastic cast. Yeah, it is. It does look like a great cast. Um, Melanie Linsky should win Best Actress this year for the show, and and for her really? whole life. Yes, yeah. <laughs> she should just win everything she should well she would be long overdue um so yeah that's yellow jackets in a nutshell but it really can't fit in a nutshell well cool i'm i'm gonna try and catch that one so what yep. else have you been do- doing um well i can talk about a movie i saw I was gonna say you brave don't look up. I I don't know why I, I like it keeps showing up on I guess Netflix and I'm like no no I mean well, I don't know why yeah I uh, I have two things to say about don't look up which is available on Netflix yeah um, the first is that Melanie Linsky is also in it oh stop no she has like the best end to 2021 of anyone certainly not you because you had COVID um (laughs) and yeah I mean it's not it's not the biggest part because because there's names like Jennifer Lawrence and Meryl Streep and uh, Leonardo DiCaprio and and Jonah Hill and blah 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 and apparently Um, Ariana Grande yeah who has a smallish part and is in it um I mean the other thing is there was this whole Twitter discourse which is the word that Twitter tells me I'm supposed to use when I even oh, talk about this movie about people who didn't like it versus people who did and what's wrong with you this movie is such a non-event it's not worth any of the energy it's not worth any of the keystrokes devoted to talking about it and I don't mean that it's a bad movie I just mean it's a light inessential movie 
It's not bad. It just doesn't do anything. Hmm. The basic plot is scientists played by Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio identify a comet that's coming to just on a path to hit Earth in about six months. And what they do and how they notify people and how people react that the world may be coming to an end. It's not about climate change. It has nothing to do with climate change. It's not a metaphor for the end of the world. It's not a metaphor for anything. At best, really? it, at best, it is just a head-on portrayal of how different people are polarized and respond differently when told there is a serious, potentially life-threatening issue facing them. You can argue that it, it, it cribs basically the way our country specifically responded to the pandemic crisis in the last two years, because that polarization is the same, but but it doesn't get credit for for taking an idea that was already existed and everyone was talking about even before COVID happened. If this wow. movie came out five years earlier in response to the presidential election of 2016, I'd be like, yep, yeah, this is right. But it's not skewering anything. It's not a satire. It's not a spoof. It just has a bunch of people acting like two-dimensional idiots with characters going down different paths. So we have Meryl Streep as a female president who doesn't really know anything. She's not really governed by a sense of, of cruelty as much as just, well, what can I, what can I really get away with? I only know so much. Um, You know, the, the Jennifer Lawrence character, the Leonardo character are well-intentioned. At one point, Leonardo's character who is married gets involved with, uh, you know, a Megyn Kelly-esque news anchor played by Kate Blanchett, who's, you know, dressed with like fake white teeth and overly tanned and overly straightened hair and overly made up like these aren't arch characterizations they're kind of low-hanging fruit there's nothing Mm -hmm. really incredible here the comparison i made was you know this movie thinks that it's patty chayefsky's network it thinks that it's telling a story that you can look at at face value and is also very prescient about human behavior down the road yeah, like it's not. This is this is Howard the Duck. This is Men in Black. <laughs> when know? I was here, when I was like, he, you know, hearing about it and reading about it, I was like, oh, this is kind of wag the dog esque, right? Like, I, I like I was wondering if it would have that energy, and no, it sounds like it didn't. No, no, it's it's not really. It's Adam McKay wrote and directed this. Um, I think there's a story credit, but uh, with uh, someone named David Serrata, and. It's just, hey, look at these people. We're going to show them acting dumb and saying dumb, often self-involved things. And then we're going to act like it means anything more than that. It doesn't. And that's okay. It can still be a fun, entertaining, easy-to-watch movie. It's too long, but it's easy to sit through, especially if you're sitting in the comfort of your own home watching it on a streamer. But um, this movie's not doing anything wise. It's not high comedy. It's not inventing anything. Um and it's fine, but to represent itself as something more to that is just erroneous. Can I express an unpopular opinion? I'm ready for it. I think my resistance to watching this movie is because I don't really like Jennifer Lawrence. I knew you were going to say that. Ah! I mean, I like I, I like her as a, like I read I read her profiles. I will watch her on like 
interview chat shows and I think that she's lovely and endearing and funny and I really enjoyed the Hunger Games even though she was in it I just don't think I just (laughs) I just I don't understand the excitement around her no I mean I I I can see how people like her because she's very irreverent and you know she's young and thin and pretty and says raucous things sometimes like so she doesn't feel like she is a media creation but um i was really wowed by her first big thing which was the movie winter's bone i thought she's incredible that's an oscar performance and i liked her in the first two Winter's Bone? I saw her in Winter's Bone, and I felt like she turned in the same Katniss performance. Well, yeah, but that came before Katniss, so I'm like, that's the real one. Um, I Look, I like her in the first couple Hunger Games, and then she very quickly got, and I don't know how she, like, I don't know how she broke through. I don't really know I know what she has said her backstory is, and I think there has to be more to the story. Like, I don't know how Harvey Weinstein got her in his thrall and how she got into the machine and became, you know, like was just catapulted. But, but I think she's grossly overrated as a film actress. I think she is a fun interview. She seems like a real down to earth person. Um, but none of her other nominated performances, I think, are particularly sharp. Um, and I really think her Oscar win for Silver Linings Playbook is a waste, which is a movie that starts doing one thing and that Bradley Cooper is so heroic in. And then it shifts into her movie. It ruins what was a decent book. I, I, so I'm with you. I just, okay. I get, I don't get... I don't get the great actress stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't either. And I've only seen, I think I've only seen her in Winterbone and Hunger Games. And I thought, you know, I was like, oh, she just plays this one character. Well, Um, I think you've seen her showing what she does best. Yeah. But, you know, but then it's like, but but because I felt like she wasn't that great in either one, um, you know, the the idea of seeing her in a, but then I'm like, maybe she'd be okay in a comedy. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, there's just something I'm. I just not a fan. Like, and I like I like her as a like. I think she seems like a perfectly great person. I'd love to hang out with her, probably. But um, but in terms of like seeing her movies, I, I have no interest. Yeah, I would I I would agree with you. Okay, and I know that's probably we we, we both hold a very unpopular opinion because people adore her. Um, although, you know, I think people adore her the way I adore her, but I don't know if they want to see her movies either. I don't know. I, I, I mean, I think the last few years, whatever movie she's been in, people haven't seen. So I don't think they do. Like, I don't think she's a star unless she has a $50 million marketing budget behind her or is in a Hunger Games or an X-Men movie. So Yeah, because she didn't sell Hunger Games. It wasn't Jennifer Lawrence selling Hunger Games. It was actually the books. Like, yeah. like the books had a That's big right. following, and it was just this kind of, like, epic story. Um, you know, so I don't think it was, it, it was actually Hunger Games. The coup kind of what, was being cast, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the coup was being cast, and people weren't seeing Hunger Games for her. They were seeing Hunger Games for Hunger Games. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just... No, I don't. I don't know that. Unpopular opinion, but it's shared by you and me, so that's all. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, but I wanted to ask you about yes. something because I think you've been watching a TV show on Netflix, right? I have obsessively. 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 That's a good, that well. Yeah, I don't know why we were so late to this party, but we cannot get enough of the crown. Well, welcome. And how far along are you? Or are you caught up? We just finished season three. Okay. So it basically is what got us through our COVID crisis. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so, um, and and it has just been an absolute fascinating, fascinating So who, who pulled the trigger? Did your daughter say, Mom, I want to watch The Crown? Or was it you? Well, we were sitting there and she was like, what do you want to watch? I don't know. We kind of like ran out of everything. <laughs> Right. And then I was like, hey, why don't we try the crown? Because I wanted to watch it, but I didn't think anybody would want to watch it with me, you know, because it's one of those, you know, it's like, it's like, oh, mom's masterpiece theater again. Right. But, um, but I did know she liked downtown, downtown Abbey. So I was like, I was like, it's kind of like downtown Abbey, but with royals. Like, I'm just pulling this out of my ass. I have no idea. I just know I wanted to watch it. Everybody said it was it's really a fair good. Way to spin it. And she was like, okay yeah let's try it and it was like we were just like what is the show it is so good um and it's like such a kick because you know it's rooted in or well I think it's a kick because it's rooted in history but it's clearly like fictional obviously they don't know the conversations that these people had right 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 so like you you find like I kept like we keep googling things like like the um the king that abdicated there, David, I don't remember his kingly name. Um, but he like, I like when, like that whole, I think this was in season two when they, when we find out that he was like hot, like, like rubbing elbows with the Nazis yeah. before world war two. And and was sympathetic to their cause and 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 it basically like he was already sort of like you know sent to to france or america or whatever because he married wallace simpson and at that point he then became like com- completely excommunicated from the family when they like found, when when queen elizabeth found that out like i was like wait did that really happen and like you're googling this and you're like did it really? and i was like oh my god that really happened like that was like that was in creative license like i just think that that is so fascinating how they've melded fiction with with his with historical yeah. fact yeah. to make this really fascinating um this really fascinating series and the other thing that i wasn't expecting is how much sympathy i'm having for them for for all of them by for all of them for wow. all of them and i think that that's something that the show has done really really well um is that you can see how being born into this family of immense wealth and immense privilege still really sucks you know, and, and how much they've actually... And how, like, how limiting it can how, be, right? How limiting it is. Yeah, how limiting it is. How, how, how much of life they miss. Yeah. Um, because of what the job of being a royal is. Because it really is a job. And, but it's a job where you also... It's like a job, but you don't really do anything so it's almost right. like the worst kind of job right but because it comes with requirements nonetheless right it comes with requirements and there are things that you have to get up every morning and do but like 
you have no autonomy. Right. You can't think for yourself. You can't have ideas. You can't have opinions. Or if you have them, you have to like button it up because you can't. It's kind of an extraordinary way to live and one that I never really thought about before. So I, I, in that way, I think it's really eye-opening. And I think it's also not a fiction. Like that part of right. it is not right. a fiction. Um, and it's also just kind of mind-bending to think about how long Queen Elizabeth has been on the throne. Yeah. Yeah, I remember my mom had a pen pal. She was a student at the time, and she had a, a pen pal in England who sent her some keepsakes from the coronation in the 50s. And oh, my God. By now, she has lost it. Um, but she always talked about it. And one day, I finally asked her. I was like, do you know where those are? And she was like, oh, you know, I must have gotten rid of them a long time ago. And I was like, Mom! No! Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I used as, like, uh, a yardstick to measure, yeah, the, the decades um, that she has held the title. Yeah, but it's kind of really wild, like, to think, like, to watch this and be like, oh, my God, she's still queen. Yeah. Like she's still on the throne. But yeah, I think that I felt sympathy for every single character, like even Charles. Now, we haven't gotten to Charles and Diana yet. Yeah, so you're going to enjoy season four, which is the prince, Princess Diana, Princess Charles stuff is pretty central. Um, but I don't know. I'm, my guess is if you have found sympathy so far throughout the show, you'll probably continue to to some degree. I mean, did you or did you not find them sympathetic? Um, I, I don't know that I found them all. I, I don't think I did. Okay. No. I think I thought that the show portrays them as creatures in their own sort of hermetically sealed habitat. So it explains a lot of the reasons why they live, why they live. But I don't necessarily sympathize with them or all the decisions they make. I just recognize these are the results of how you were raised or what you have to do or what you've been given, which is a lot more than most people, but is just different. Doesn't mean that suffering doesn't still happen doesn't mean that sadness doesn't still happen but it manifests itself in a different way and i think the show is pretty adroit um often at portraying that and i mean the other thing is just the cast oh the cast season is wonderful. to season i'm holy I mean, shit like yes you can say oh yeah it's all these british actors but we're talking about some of the most experienced most versatile most decorated performers of all time and they're really showing you what they can do with even yeah. the smallest, most intimate detail. And it's funny because they change, obviously the characters age, so they mm-hmm. change the actors. And I I was, because I just was like, oh my God, Claire Foy. Right. Like yeah. she was so wonderful. Yeah, I felt the same. And I was like, I love Olivia. I, I love Olivia Coleman, but am I really like, but I was so like, oh, Claire Foy. And now I'm like, nope, love Olivia Coleman. But what's really interesting too is that she, they, they bring their own they each had their own way of performing the queen too like the the characters mm-hmm. which i thought was also really um really interesting and really wonderful if that makes sense yeah yeah i agree and yet they still feel like one has matured into the other 
Yes. Yeah, they do. But but they do bring like different qualities. Yes. Anyway, I, I just thought it was fantastic. Yeah. No, and I'm looking forward to eventually when the next cast comes in as well. Um, I mean, Imelda Staunton and Jonathan Price and Leslie Manville are terrific actors. Dominic West playing an older Prince Charles is a pipe dream, but hey, good for them. That's quite a coup. Well, I uh, will say the guy that's playing the younger Charles right now. I think he's Josh fantastic. He is fantastic. And you'll get more and of him he, in season four. He's excellent. Excellent. And he's got, I mean, he is just right down to like the kind of stooping posture mm, and the manner. The like, face, I'm like, everything. Yeah. Everything. He gets like, that like oh. wounded dog. Yeah. Thing. yeah. No, I mean, he's I'm a like, terrific young actor. I was so struck. I, mean, like, I have man. been so struck by his performance in particular. Well, I you're right to be. Season. I mean, I think, yes, I've only known about him for maybe four or five years, five or six. He, yeah, he's terrific. I he's mean, excellent. yeah, kind of mind blowing. So um, I feel, I feel bad that I was late to this party, but in a way I'm yeah, kind of glad up. because there's so many, yeah. And there are just so many episodes to keep watching. Cause it's what I think it's one of yeah. those shows where I'm going to be really, really sad when I run out of episodes, which is going to yeah, happen I, in about Yeah, 10. I think you will. Yeah. You know, cause, they, um, because it's so great. So good. So, um, so yeah, high, high, high marks for the crown. Everybody watch it. I'm glad the crown got you through COVID. It did get me through COVID. Well, I just want to talk about one other thing, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna be fairly brief because I think I'll have a chance to talk about it again in the future. Um, and that's a show that I saw towards the end of the year, the last saw little show that I saw in 2021, um, and it closes probably around the time you're listening to this podcast. It's an off Broadway musical called Kimberly Akimbo at the mm. Atlantic Theater in Chelsea. And it's based on uh, an off-Broadway play from about 20 years ago um, by uh, by an often absurdist playwright named David Lindsay Abair. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's about a teenage girl in Jersey, again, Jersey, um, who has uh, a condition based on a real one in which physically her body ages rapidly so she looks like she is a 60 something year old woman but she's really a teenager um and she and it's about the relationships she has with her kind of nuts family including an aunt who has her own sort of like nihilistic thing going on and the other teens that she befriends it is such a terrific show it is such a smart it's a smart show. It's a smart way of adapting his own play into a musical. Right. Um, and the actress who plays Kimberly, who is a Tony winning, very well-regarded actress named Victoria Clark plays this 16 year old girl, girl slash old woman with such finesse and such seemingly effortless skill as, as, as acting quote unquote acting, behaving young Um like it's really a marvel. Um, it was the best surprise and like the nicest way to to end the season. I think it's a great show. The music is by Janine Tesori, who's kind of having a moment because the show that she worked right, on, Caroline, Caroline Change, just ended its own uh, storied revival on Broadway. Um, I say I'm going to talk about it briefly because I believe that I will have another chance that it will move potentially to Broadway, if not later this year, maybe next year. Who knows how the shows are going to keep responding to any variant that comes our way. 
I would be less than shocked if, if we see Kimberly Akimbo coming to Broadway by April of this year, at which point I will talk about it more. If you do hear this and have a chance or feel so inclined to catch the show, um, go to the Atlantic Theatre Company website. Um, but it's an excellent show with an excellent cast and an excellent score. Um, and I just wanted to say that for the record. So that's Kimberly Akimbo <sighs> here in New York. That's fabulous. Now, did you see the original Kimberly Akimbo? No, I wasn't here when it ran. So I sort of knew about it and eventually had read it. Um, But my memory of the play itself even was somewhat blurry by the time uh, I saw this. Gotcha. I was just kind of curious because I don't know. I didn't, but I couldn't, I couldn't remember, you know, everything kind of ends up being a blur, uh, you know, because I couldn't remember how long ago it was, but I guess it was a while ago that it was here. Yeah, I think it was like 20, 21 years ago. Yeah, it was it was, it was a long time ago. So, yeah. But um, but good. I'm glad that you enjoyed that one. Yeah, well, and I'm glad you got to enjoy the crown. Me too. So I hope you find a way to to watch Yellow Jackets because the season finale is this weekend. Um, so I may have more thoughts about it. But if you uh, are able to get to it at some point, um. I would love to hear your thoughts. I will. Um, in the meantime, I'm going to go to bed. It's time. It's time for bed. Again, Happy New Year, guys. Glad to be back. Um, anything else you guys are watching or hearing about and want us to weigh in on, uh, you know how to find us. But, um, yeah, you can you can uh, catch us at Back on the Block Pod on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, I think there we are. So time for you to go to bed, Karen. Um, And yeah, we hope you guys are staying well. We'll be back next week on the Boulevard. Bye.